What's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men, and my favorite podcast of all time is Chatterating. Welcome to Chatterating. I'm Johnny Milne. I'm Katie Baxter. And as time inexorably crawls closer to the mental anguish, that's a tongue twister, the mm. mental anguish and delight of our charity gaming marathon, <laughs> we're back with another episode to keep things going in the meantime. Yes. How have you been this week, Katie? Fine. How have you been? You know what? It's been good. It's been really good. Have you been playing or watching anything interesting? Um, don't think I have. We've been recording since I've... We haven't done an episode since I finished Andromeda, have we? Don't think Not so. Not since you finished it. No, no I, I, don't think well, we, I don't think we've spoken since yes, you finished it. so I finished it, and that's all very exciting. So apart from that, just been catching up on Zero Punctuation, our yeah. fabulously uh, loud and fast-mouthed uh, critic for yeah. games alike. It's bad. It's great. So all good fun. So nothing really. Just nothing. Nothing, nothing exciting on telly or, or films or anything. Uh, oh, Kimmy Schmidt's out again today, so that's exciting. That so was I've been out today. Catching up. Yeah. With things like that on Netflix. How about you? I should probably watch Kimmy Schmidt at some point. It's good. Yeah, I've, I've been mainly catching up on Elementary, mm. which is great. Honestly, at times I prefer it to Sherlock. Ooh. And which, if you told me a few years ago that I'd feel that way, I'd have thrown you down a waterfall, uh, um, hmm. which is a reference. Um, yes. No, I, I, I've been watching that a lot. It's really, really good. Johnny Lee Miller is amazing. Lucy Liu's fantastic. Mm. It's great. Um, and I was a season behind, so I've been binge-watching that. I've just got a few episodes to go of this current season that's just finished. Um, aside from that, I bought Injustice 2 mm-hmm. last night. I pre-ordered it for today. I've, so I've not played it yet. That'd be good. Um, since I've been otherwise engaged, but I should be able to report back next time mm-hmm. on what it's like. Yes. Um, I'm terrible at fighting games, but uh, I, I love comics, so cool. it's it's a mix. It's, yes, exactly. I've also, one other piece of pre-news uh, for me mm-hmm. is I've been mentally struggling not to buy a, a new HP Lovecraft collection mm-hmm. that... A company called the Folio Society have come out with. Mm, don't know about this. There are two editions. Okay. And I, I, you know, I think I've said on this podcast before. I am a huge Lovecraft fan mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for my own mental deformities. Uh, um, but there are two versions of this new collection they've put together. One costs seventy-five pounds. Okay. The other almost four hundred pounds. Oh my God, why? For the limited edition with gloriously embossed box and, and and you know we could all do with a gloriously embossed box am I right? <laughs> uh, now those prices are insane. I'll bet yeah. But it's just so tempting. tempting. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to. Nope, don't um, do that. <laughs> speaking of hundreds of pounds it's, it's about as good a segue as we could hope for mm. um, to mention our fundraising efforts again for mm. our charity 24 hour gaming marathon that we're doing in just two weeks. Ah. Um, we are currently sitting around an incredible, well, sitting at an incredible seven hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. So thank you again to everyone for forking out so mm-hmm. far and making it all worthwhile, despite the mental yes. torment that I will be going through throughout that marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still time for that number to creep even higher. So yes. remember, head on over to justgiving.com, search for chatterating, 
and support today. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Go for it, people. And with that out of the way, let the games begin. So we start with a little segment that we like to call What's the Chat? So, Katie... What's the chat this week? Well, very exciting. I just heard about this pretty much this morning. Uh, Netflix have announced there's going to be a 10-episode prequel series to The Dark Crystal called The Age of... Well, Dark Crystal colon Age of Resistance. So it's a prequel to the... Colon Age of Resistance. Yes, absolutely. It's basically a prequel to the 1982 film. So it's loose, loose plot so far is... Three Gelflings apparently discover the horrifying secret behind the Skeksis' power and they journey to start a rebellion and save their world. So bring it on. And I like it's not it. going to end well. No, I like <laughs> the little teaser that's got all the sort of retro images of them designing the Skeksis and looking at the mm-hmm. you know interviews with Jim himself. And yeah, so it'll be exciting. So I, watch I'm this space. Honestly, I, I saw this news last night um, mm. and I, I think I yelped out loud. Uh-huh. I am honestly just... So excited for this. This is what Netflix do so well. Yes. Did you see, uh, I don't know if you heard the news. Um, what? Netflix, they've done a film with Tilda Swinton. Okay, um, I nope. think it's a Korean film. And it aired at the Cannes Film Festival this oh, week. Oh, right. Okay. And nope. was booed out of the building as soon as the Netflix logo came out because it's not oh, real film. Well. Uh, Netflix are great. Yeah. Netflix, it's an amazing company that, that gives all these op- these incredible opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, That's screw sad. can is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit, it's a bit uh, exclusive and... Fuddy-duddy. Yeah, absolutely. Very snooty. And you think, for God's sake, it's a film should be judged on its merit. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, watch it and see. BAFTA, and, you know, I think it was BAFTA who, they were just the BAFTA Awards recently. I think. Yes, um, you're right. And they had, you know, they nominated The Crown mm-hmm. from Netflix. Yep. They nominated that for, I think, like nine or 11 gongs, and it didn't win any of them. Oh. And people are saying the reason it didn't win any of them it's Netflix, is because it's yeah. Netflix. That's it's sad. ridiculous. Dear, dear. So it's not good. But that, hopefully, Dark Crystal will be good. Dark Crystal will be amazing. So that's good. Now, this next bit of news, it might be a little bit old because I heard it on Elaine Page on Sunday. So um, Frozen 2, apparently, will be... It's announced the date. So I think it is actually quite old. But at at the same time, I got excited because I thought, (laughs) oh, it's finally actually got a date now. So it's coming to cinemas on the 27th of November, 2000. And I think I've written 17, but that could be a typo. (laughs) It must be a typo, yeah. It might be 18. So (laughs) that's obviously it. So that sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows plot or anything else. Let's no. just hope they don't have they don't uh, sort of imbibe this horrible, horrible vibe for Ryan uh, of let's just make Elsa a lesbian because we can make her independent and keep her that way because otherwise it's just going to be you're shoehorning in that for the sake of it. Yeah, so you, you don't you don't need to. There's a lot of social uh, justice warriors, whatever keyboard warriors, people out there that like to sort of make their opinion known on that subject. But I I prefer to keep it keep it fun and keep it keep wha- it light. Keep it light. The internet's and, such an aggressive place at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't want to have um, even Mulan, who people say, oh, she's the most amazing princess. Once she's not a princess, we already know my beef with this. But <laughs> yeah, let's you, make there be a let's make there be a Disney princess that doesn't end up with someone. Regardless regardless of whoever it is. So, go for it. Let's make it happen, Disney. Yeah. I prefer that. You don't need anyone. We want her to end up al- old and alone. And alone. <laughs> like the ice queen she is. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. what life's about. <laughs> yes. More announcements. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg have announced a new film called Slaughterhouse Rules, with a Z, with a Z. Um, strictly as producers this time, but they may 
have a cameo, but it's basically... I read the plot and trying to condense it seemed a bit like, oh my God, how do I describe this? So basically it's set in a boarding school and the sixth form students like to make sort of horrible arc... I want to say like, I keep calling it Arcanine, like archaic like rules, I should okay. say, rather than <laughs> that's a Arcanine rules. Yeah, it's not um, none yes, Pokemon. absolutely. So um, yeah, it's basically a comedy action horror movie set in this boarding school. Strange rule set, rules set by these sixth form students and people don't speak to certain um, sort of, what's the word, like a uh, caliber of students that are considered, there's one called the goddess that they don't, they're not allowed to speak to, all these mm-hmm. different things. And basically, apparently there's a controversial, let's see if I can say this correctly without uh, sounding rude, controversial fracking operations on earth, uh, unspeakable horror. And there's like, stu- you know, immersing students and stuff alike into sort of a survival of the fittest situation. Okay. So due to start filming this year. So that sounds exciting. Yeah. And uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, brilliant team yeah. it's a shame they're not starring in it but I know but no, they might, that, they might be great. up here so you never know mm. so watch this space for that one shall do uh, now again this is another one that I really have to watch because it is an innuendo in the name so South Park game The Fractured But, but whole, whole game has set <laughs> a release date again so this game has gone through several several setbacks of release dates because they want to make the game perfect which I would prefer a mm-hmm. game do yeah. I know a lot of people are eh, but to me you've got your Ubisoft your EEA games you've got your all these different companies that are AAA and they like to ship it out so that they can release it as quick as possible yeah. get on the hype train and steal your money so you can they, they can then do microtransactions for you so they basically sell you incomplete games which I don't like whereas South Park the last game Stick of Truth was amazing and was kind of poke jibes at um, you know the tropes of fantasy RPGs and all mm. sorts and had lots of Nazi zombies and aliens and all sorts of fun. So that was good. It had everything. So this one's due to sort of poke fun at the superheroes, Marvel, extended universe, DC, whatever. I'm sure we'll get a ripping, so that'll be good fun. Um, But yeah, so that'll be good. So it's set to be released on the 17th of October this year. So Excellent. I will look forward to that. I look look forward to it very much as well. And you're you're absolutely right, you know. Yes. Too often nowadays, and films, films are exactly the same, particularly with things like, DC and Marvel and yes, uh, they go. This is our release date, and we are sticking Sticking to to that. Mm -hmm. Much to the dismay of the development staff, because I'm sure people would want to perfect it in a way. Yes, you make money, but it's still art. Mm -hmm. As we've said many a time, video games are art. So yes, no, this will be one I'm buying. So looking forward to it. Um, so Nintendo have basically outdone themselves again with, I'm not sure about the UK sales, but they have topped their Switch's UK, uh, US sales to, um, let me see if I get my maths right, so 280,000 units in the US um, and during the month of April, so that okay. itself, and making it the month's number one system so that's quite exciting so it's the second month in a row that this has been the case that it's kind of just been rising 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 and probably due to things like when um not wind waker breath of the wild Mm -hmm. coming out and then obviously mario uh kart 8 deluxe version but it's not the it's yeah it's just basically releasing all the dlc that you could buy Mm -hmm. on the wii u version which i have but it's all there, prepaid. Yeah. And there's the Splatoon people as well in it, so there's all very different, but slight tweaks, but the same game, but all in HD and beautiful. Awesome. So apparently um, there's, uh, what was it I, I managed to get from this website? They basically were saying that um, it's, uh, where are we sales yet? We're likely to be even higher. So um, 
if the Switch weren't facing supply issues, because GameStop, which, you know, they're the devil in America <laughs> when it comes to buying games. Are they? So, well, yeah, apparently the supply and demand can be a bit rubbish and uh, selling your games back is a bit difficult. It's like oh. game here when you get like a penny for a game that you thought was amazing, but maybe more for nostalgia values. But anyway, that's yeah. a whole other story in itself. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, the game, GameStop has apparently previously said that um, this may last for the entire year, that there's a lack of... Oh, well, that's handy. Supply, to, supply and demand, people. But yeah, to put this in kind of perspective, the 3DS... Come in, Amazon. Amazon save the day, <laughs> as you always do. Yes, indeed. So apparently, to put it in perspective, the 3DS family, across its lifespan, so starting from the 3DS to the 3DXL, whatever, 2DS, whatever they call themselves nowadays, combining uh, the Switch and the 3DS sales of, was it, 348,000 mm-hmm. plus making up most of half of their, what was it, mo- most of, I found a quote, make up almost half of all the hardware sales across all dedicated video game systems. So basically, it's outselling all of the 3DS lifespan, the Switch itself. Okay, I mean, you you just said a lot of numbers at me, but by judging by uh, the look on your face, I'm going to say but that's a good thing. what we're saying was, he was us being cynical that they wouldn't sell. But, yeah, okay, so I mean, it's go. still not... A great system but you know yeah. that's fine well my last bit of news is pretty funny <laughs> so nintendo has uh, done a patch for as i mentioned the previously mentioned mario kart 8 uh-huh. deluxe version and uh, it has uh, had <laughs> there was a hand gesture that one of the splatoon characters inkling girl apparently her name is i don't know splatoon but i know she's one of the you know weird looking Ooh, i i don't I don't know her name but i have an inkling <laughs> <laughs> well i actually did a mario um uh, maker course with that <laughs> something like I have an inkling about this or nice. something course <laughs> so yeah um, but yes they basically did a patch because this her hand gesture it was considered too offensive and it's basically the Italian salute you know where you put your hand on your on your bicep and then you put your the, the other yeah, fist yeah, the, up that, in the, the air yeah so uh, basically it was a bit shocking because I saw it and I went oh right yeah that is a bit <laughs> and but now she just fist bumps so it Effectively, the other hand has been photoshopped out, okay. but she's just fist bumping. All good, clean fun. Absolutely. Or inky fun. Inky. Yes, so <laughs> that's all good fun. So that's, nice. all, that's inky all fun. the chat I have. Okay, well, just like our Zelda-based episode a few weeks ago, I'm choosing to be the anti-Trump this week, oh. and I'm ceding control for the good of the podcast. <laughs> so, Katie, what have you got up your sleeves for us to talk about? Well, we've spoken about this several times, and every time it comes up, we always say, this is a podcast in itself, blah, blah, blah. So basically, I've always had, and so have you, a huge appreciation for people who are known for their vocal talents, and not singing, but voice acting Voice acting. And, And they put a huge amount of work into their work (laughs) and growing up watching Nick cartoons cartoon network disney channel cartoons and all that and films more adult cartoons more recently um like the simpsons futurama family guy all these different things and of course video games there's so many different medium for this to be coming through and i've always loved what kind of goes on behind the scenes and the thought of oh i wonder what you know they were thinking when they did this or oh i'd love to have been a fly in the wall when that scene was going on because they've put so much effort into it and it's hilarious this scene or whatever so um 
And myself, I've always considered myself as a bit of a coinister, <laughs> to quote Futurama, <laughs> of recognising voice right. actors. And there's obviously, I've mentioned Simpsons and Futurama, they're the first kind of people I'm going to speak about. Um, but I kind of, this week, will be putting my somewhat useless trivia of geekery to good use. And we will honour the voice performances from TV, movies and video games. Yeah. But, of course... The aforementioned Simpsons of Futurama. We'll start off by mentioning they're my. It's my favorite cartoon series. So, well, I just want to. I just yeah. want to. Before we start, really, yeah. I just want to kind of put out there that. I mean, Katie's absolutely right that. Just like her, I have a massive appreciation mm-hmm. for this art form for the, the, these incredibly talented performers. Mm. But unlike Katie, I know very little about it, mm-hmm. um, and. So this should be an interesting. Just again, just like the Zelda episode, mm-hmm. you're you're the expert here. But th- I think this is sometimes, you know, not to toot my own trumpet, but is that the phrase? It's something like that. Mm-hmm. I I I think this is sometimes where I excel, mm-hmm. where you know, being able to offer interesting and insightful opinions about things I know very little about. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. art. I don't know much about it, but I know what I like. <laughs> yes, you can impart your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I, I, Sim- Simpsons Futurama are absolutely probably the best place to start for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes under my umbrella. There's a couple of sections rather than doing name a few favourite shows and, you know, we'll go back and forth and yeah. you'll say your favourite, I'll say mine, whatever. We're doing sort of a more discussive thing and opening the floor to so, both of our opinions. Yeah, opening so the debate. floor between the two of yeah. us. <laughs> so this is going to be kind of speaking about not just only Simpsons of Futurama because you'll probably have other things to speak about, but the creativity that goes behind one voice becoming many so maybe one actor taking on the roles of many roles you know okay so this is why futurama and the simpsons come to mind certainly in my head so anything to say before we get cracking no after you No, cool well so i'll start by kind of the simpsons i'm just putting out there because they have to have some form of honorable mention because they were a huge part of us you know growing up and uh for for years for years and years and sky one and things well yeah absolutely but you would it around the house or Hmm. at school or you're at rehearsals wherever you would just come out with random facts and pieces of trivia and Or I'll be able to answer things and people would go, where did you learn that from? How on earth did you learn that? Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I always remember, I'm just going to segue off slightly with uh, the Simpsons taught me, it was the the one episode where Bart thinks he has, like, sort of Jesus powers, as it were. I have the power! And he lifts off a bucket that's glued to Homer's head Mm. and... It's while he's doing a show, he's sort of this magic lad and then he picks it up and Lisa then says, oh, you didn't use magic because he's as shocked as Homer is and everyone in the crowd watching is. And she said, heat made the metal of the bucket expand and you were able to lift it off the head. So I remember sitting in science. So this was before you got to choose your individual science subjects, biology, physics and chemistry. And the teacher ended up asking and one of those teachers that you think, why don't you hurry up and get on with it if nobody's clearly answering the question get on with it so basically what happened was I ended up answering a question that was uh, why do pylons in the country why do they sort of sag with when it's hot and why do they sort of look a bit more taut when it's cold Mm -hmm. and nobody answered for about five minutes I'm not even kidding it was painful it was like move on teacher and then I lent to my friend and went they're metal aren't they I don't want to sound really stupid here but yeah they're 
it's a, their components are metal, aren't they? And this was me in first year. And then he went, yeah, sure they are. So I put my hand up and went, heat makes metal expand. So it's going to, and he went, very good. Thank you, Katie. So moving on. And I just, and everyone looking at me like, ah, oh, how did you know that? And I was, nerd. So I was, nerd. <laughs> so I was, Simpsons. <laughs> kind of thinking, I can't believe that's where yeah. I, I know a lot of my sort of scientific trivia. Same with this, uh, Futurama because of the amount of people who have done PhDs, you know, they're um, in physics and mathematics all these different exciting things and they use that in their in their writing and that's very good mm-hmm. so honorable mention first for the simpsons moving back to the subject at hand they're full of amazing voice actors who do provide multiple voices so you have hank azaria who we love who's obviously mo chief wiggum apu to name mm-hmm. a few yeah <laughs> apu to name a few and harry shearer who is ned flanders principal skinner mr burns and of course Den- dan castellaneta who is the wonderful voice of homer groundskeeper willie and etc and so many others so many of them and and um, but to me so we've got the simpsons who we have to mention as we spoke about before but futurama is the perfect example of taking this and doing it further and doing it better mm. taking it further so it's like an acting class for voice actors really and the majority of their cast play hundreds of on hundreds of different voices and you know um, the multitude of characters that they introduce every week and um, and they just introduce new characters constantly so they have to have people who can do the everyman but this could be played by billy west case in point who is Fry, Professor Farnsworth, Zoidberg, Zap Brannigan, President Nixon's head, you know. Oh, he's Nixon as well? Yeah, I Haru, didn't know that. he's head. Haru. That, that story came from, and this is where um, commentaries are hilarious. I recommend anyone who has the old DVDs, if you don't, go out on Amazon and buy them. Mm. Please go and buy the DVD versions because then you get to hear the commentary of them speaking about little trivia. And his story behind Richard Nixon's head is he watched one of the sort of debates between him and uh, President Kennedy. Okay. <laughs> and basically, as it cut between the two candidates, <laughs> it looked like his five o'clock shadow was growing deeper and deeper and deeper. And <laughs> Billy West, when he was young, thought this was like him turning into a werewolf. So this is where <laughs> Haru came. So, I didn't know that. Yes. So That's I, very I funny. love, but you get many little gems and stories like that, which makes me laugh so much. Like the robot devil, in fact, going back to Dan Castellaneta, who provides the voice of the robot devil it's a bad impression of the captain hook from the peter pan cartoon disney did so if you listen to it you're going oh yeah he said so a bad impression can become a whole new voice so i thought that's a nice idea um but yeah so with billy west these aforementioned characters three of them are part of the main crew of Mm -hmm. which there's maybe about you know eight or nine characters so he does provide a huge amount of different voices and they're totally different characters each of them you know and and that's just scraping the surface of what he can do and then of course you've got john dimaggio pure genius he's amazing he's amazing and of course he also voices like jake the dog from adventure time and marcus in gears of war so marcus Marcus? Marcus is in the main guy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you not no. know that? Ah, oh, so there you go. So listen to that, that gruff voice, Mara. That's mm, him. That's so, him, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he is, John DiMaggio is such a good chap at being able to go, right, let's take a horrible character who's an alcoholic, he wants to kill all humans, and how can we make him such a lovable, redeemable character? Yes. And he's so sweet. He's like that lovable friend you want that gets everyone totally wasted and yeah let's go and steal a car and yeah okay bender that sounds fun yeah but he's such a grounded fabulous character i love him um oh yes 
I forgot to say for when I mentioned recurring voice actors and characters and people like that, they, you get amazing people who do the John Everyman, as it were, and trying to come up with a new voice must be exhausting. Like every week, having to without and and trying to make it sound like it's not them because this this is the show that makes me go. I really fancy, you know, figuring out who that person is. Who's that mm. voice and who's that voice? And I like doing that. So you're able to go, ah, they outdid themselves. I thought that was Billy or I thought that was whoever. Uh, I, I love that. that. I think this is pro- that's probably something we'll return to, return to throughout this episode. But mm. that's why I think that uh, voice actors, you know, vocal performers are so underrated as yeah, performers. absolutely. Because, like you say, you know, all these distinct voices. Mm-hmm come from the throat of a single person. Yeah. And it yeah, it's it's more easy when you're doing like Fry to Professor Farnsworth or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Homer to Groundskeeper Willie. But yep. you know but when they are just slight changes. Yeah, absolutely. When you are, as you say, the everyman, it's it's and, and you, amazing. It's something that you lose when big name actors yeah, come got, into yeah voice acting well that's the thing I mean Futurama itself usually has folk like George Takei they have Lucy Liu um, lots of other well they've got Stephen Hawking all these different people Al Gore we mentioned but they get these people who do these performances and but it's it's not the same as these amazing voice actors that they have. It's it's great to go, yeah, Brad Pitt in you come when when they're just like being themselves yes, absolutely but it's mainly the people that they bring in like the people that are like Billy West and Mm. Kath Sosi and Tara Strong and Tom Kenny and Maurice LaMarche and Tress yeah. McNeil. The, all these famous voice actors get brought back again and again to do all these different... And of course, we'll, I'm sure these names that I've mentioned will be mentioned by you at some I point. I know you met, you've, yes. missed, you've missed the big one so far. Yes. I'm assuming you're coming back to Frank Welker. Oh, Frank Wel- well, he's he's in my notes oh, you, for oh, this. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, give it time. I was assu- I was, when, when you said we were doing this episode, I was kind of assuming... Your notes mm-hmm. would just be a massive piece of paper that just said Frank Welker. Well, in I big wanted letters. to speak about uh, David Herman, who is the. So we'll go from the John Everyman to the uh, amazing to vocal the, talents can of yeah. can do everything, any animal, any creature uh, of Frank Welker. Yeah. So yeah, Dave Herman is a genius at sort of the like the reoccurring characters like uh, or recurring characters, sorry, like uh, Professor Wernstrom, you know, Wernstrom. Yes, uh, yeah, of course. Professor Farnsworth's uh, nemesis. And Mayor Poopenmeyer, and of course, Scruffy, the janitor. Oh, is he Scruffy so, as yeah, well? Yeah, he's Scruffy. So it just goes to show all these different characters are so different in their voice. Scruffy. Scruffy, the janitor. The janitor. He does uh, Pazuzu, you know. Pazuzu! Pazuzu! <laughs> Farnsworth's gargoyle. Um, he does Chew, Fatbot, Warden Vogel, Three Eyed Zebra, all these different. Okay. I looked at his characters and I was like, see, what I mean, it's like you could be Spaceman 2 and 5 in yeah. in the same episode, and he's able to give them different characters. So he's the reason I like trying to figure out who's that voice in this show. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned before, Frank Welker is amazing, and it's <laughs> don't take stock uh, audio and take sort of these different, okay, we're going to have a, sh- a herd of cattle or something nope getting frank welker he could do that and as i said he he could take okay we want six sheep but we want two chickens but one of them's got asthma and you want to do and he's able to use every sort of orifice in his in his head as it were to, as it were to be able to 
project that and go right okay I'm able to do whatever and he, he you see him working and it's amazing this mm. is the man who did the voice of Freddy from Scooby-Doo yeah and um, so he get obviously gets a mention doing that here and he's the voice of Nibbler with his squeaks but also with his speaking voice which is awesome I love that so he is the true definition of a voice artist mm-hmm. a voice actor and he has, as I say, every chamber in his head, he can come up with all sorts of sounds. But in his IMDb credits, he, as of this recording, he has 70, no, 70, 795 entries or credits in his IMDb page. Which so isn't he is, bad. He has provided a lot. So like Mars Attacks. He's the he's the Martians. Mm. Ah, that's, nah. that's him. And he is sort of the go-to for any creature sounds. Abu in... Um, in the um, Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. Yeah, and he was also, I think, a bird in, you know, in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Right at the beginning, this tiny insignificant part that Quasimodo's saying, you've got to fly today, you know, and he's, mm-mm, and making tiny little noises oh, to really? be created. I was like, Frank Welker's in this, what? And figured out that's him. That's, that's Yeah, he's insane. probably jolly as well, you know, the, um, the goat. Could so, be. Could be. Yeah. But... If there's a herd of animals and creatures, it'll be Frank Welker. Yeah. But his speaking voice is so beautiful and so deep and commanding. Look at Nibbler. I mean, when he's speaking, it's amazing. And you think, Freddy, of course, he's fab. So Mm -hmm. we like Frank Welker. We bow down to Frank Welker. So, yes, watch him do his Curious George, because he's also the voice of Curious George the monkey. Okay. Watching, watching him perform is hilarious and he goes from doing this like the curiosity and using his whole body which is what I love when actors get into it and he's, yeah. it's like me gesticulating right now but he he does this like opens his arms up and looks up to the sky and is going oh and making all these noises and then you hear him going and doing like the lions in the zoo and I'm mm. going oh my god he just snaps back and forth to different characters and I love it so it is impressive like when Frank you get Walker. to see that yes um, for, for me um, obviously the, yeah, the likes of Frank Welker and John DiMaggio are like the some of yeah. the godfathers mm-hmm. when it comes to encapsulating different yes. roles, etc. Just moving quickly to video games. Yes, absolutely. The the number one name that jumps out to me, and obviously we're going to say many, many names over the course of this, but the number one is Troy Baker. Yes. Who, we're talking hundreds of characters, hundreds of games... And you know other other animated things as well that Troy yep. Baker's done, um, but I noted down some of his most influential mm-hmm. influential. That's mm-hmm. not a word. Some of his most influential characters mm-hmm. and that he's provided voices for. He has done Batman, mm-hmm. the Joker, mm-hmm. Robin, yep. Nightwing, <laughs> Two Face. Yes. So that's the Batman universe out of the way. Yeah. Sinestro from God. Green Lantern. Uh, Booker DeWitt from Bioshock Infinite. Yep. Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. James Sutherland from Silent Hill 2. Yes, when they did the revoicing. Which, well, yeah, mm-hmm. but that, you know, it's still. Yeah, still. Um, Joel from The Last of Us. Yes. Uh, Kai Lang in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pagan Min from Far Cry 4. Talion from the Shadow of Mordor games. Oh, yeah. Revolver Ocelot. Oh, in yes. Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Slimer in the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters game. Oh God, really? Um, Snow, uh, yes, yeah, Snow in Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh yeah, the main yeah, guy. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, Sam Drake, brother yes. of Nathan Drake. Yes. Um, and it's it, it's again it's and you listen to those voices. Yeah. And they are all oh, distinct. They are. Yeah. Tro- Troy Baker's one for me. I know you say you know with 
things like Futurama and The Simpsons, you can go, oh, I recognize that that is yeah. that person. You, it, you can sometimes tell. Troy Baker, I very... Like, I, if, if you Dave Herman's the Troy Baker of the voice acting okay. world. Then like, if you, if just you, like that. If you played to me, like if I didn't know beforehand, mm-hmm. if you played to me Pagan Min, mm-hmm. and then immediately afterwards played... Uh, Sam Drake mm-hmm. I would not know it's Troy Baker or Joel yes Joel and Sam you can but like mm. it's um, incredible the, the, the talent that Range. these people have mm. and um, he I think as well I love his obviously his book of debate is fab because it's so emotional and, and don't get me obviously knowing about the spoilers and things of um, Last of Us because we don't we haven't played it yet properly we played bits of it to a point and that's it so we don't know much of the spoilers and but we, his range when it comes to emotions is amazing He's totally. and you see him there's him and I've forgotten the girl but she plays the voice of Gretchen as well as Ellie yeah I, I, oh, I don't know her name which blew my mind by the way when I found out that she was the voice of Gretchen but they did like a a version where they played themselves as Joel and Ellie on stage okay and they did a sort of thing so watching him act is amazing but yeah. his Joker doing the madness speech is awesome he is great and it's um, returning to something I said earlier on it's you don't get this mm. with big name actors mm-hmm. um, I mentioned Obviously, last week maybe, maybe even the mm-hmm. week before, the episode before, that nowadays that we've got this technology where you can put actors' faces on things. Are yes. we going to get to the yes. stage mm-hmm. we don't need actors anymore? Mm-hmm. Can they just license their appearance? Yep. It, it's much more likely that sooner we are going to lose voice acting yes. as, 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 as a career because any time there's a big screen animated movie you never you almost never mm-hmm. see the likes of Troy Baker Hank Azaria mm-hmm. Tara Strong all these people mm-hmm. it's Justin Timberlake Katy Perry I um I got very excited when I saw Maurice LaMarche was the voice of Anna and Elsa's dad the king oh yeah who's only on for five minutes before mm. he gets killed stupid Disney parents but you know <laughs> he when I heard that voice I went that sounds familiar. Saw it on IMDb and went, oh, thank God they're getting people like this as characters. But get them but, as the major characters, yeah, not just the yeah. sideline characters. Um, and, you know, as much as I love, like, the Lego movie. Yes. And then uh, Sausage Party or ones that I don't like or will not see, like Angry Birds or the Emoji movie. <laughs> it, it's all just celebrities doing their own voices. Yes. And it's less engaging. Mm-hmm. There are absolute exa- uh, exceptions to that mm-hmm. like Edward Norton yes in Sausage Party which um, was amazing because I was like he's totally channeling Woody Allen here yeah, I didn't yeah. I did not know it was um, him or there are actors who were huge actors and re- completely reinvented themselves yeah. as voiced actors mm-hmm. like obviously Mark Hamill yeah um, but the big one for me Freddie Prince Jr oh yeah, yeah. is a amazing voice actor mm-hmm. now um, people complain about his character in Mass Effect 3 but I love him in Mass Effect 3 he's such a good companion to have and he, initially he's, he's got a good voice mm-hmm. and he I mean he's one of the leads in Star Wars Rebels oh yes um, mm-hmm. and I, it, it, it's been general it's sad to see so many great performers yes. overlooked for in favour of name brand value and I, I, I get why it's done but it, to me it's sad because for me, 
using one character in particular, and we, we didn't actually do this chat last time around, but they are make the the kitty from Lego Movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving her an animated series, mm-hmm. and it won't be Alison Brie who was the voice in the Lego Movie. Mm-hmm. It'll be Tara Strong, which is good. And I'd much rather mm-hmm. have Tara and uh, have Tara Strong in the first place. Yes, because that's her. What that's her niche. Yeah. In a way. Now I love Alison Brie a lot, mm-hmm. but. Tara Strong is just a much more talented vocal performer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it, it, shouldn't it go to the people with the talent <laughs> rather than the people with the names? And I know that is me just railing against what is now a 21st century thing, but still. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, no, absolutely. That's a good sort of nice segue sort of into the talent and the effort and whatever that goes into the, the next section. And the That's stamina. Kind of, yep. So this is where I've obviously kind of... Thought, oh, I'm sorry. Can oh, I yeah, go back one yeah, second? Yeah, uh, we, we, you, you, you mentioned uh, people being able to do multiple voices. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, would behoo- it would behoove me. I don't think I'm using that word correctly. Mm-hmm. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> but uh, Rick and Morty. Yes. The creator, well, one of the creators, Justin Roiland, yes, is Rick and Morty. Yes, and the range of those two characters—it's—it's it's staggering. Yes, from um, from you, you gotta you gotta shove these seeds way up your butt, Morty. You gotta you gotta. Oh, jeez, oh, <laughs> Rick. Oh, jeez, Rick. Don't do oh, that. And just—it's amazing when you and the, and the everyman characters he does as well. So, yeah. like, I'm answer my eyes, Johnson. I can answer my eyes, and <laughs> I won't repeat the little bits commercial. No. But I love the little bits commercial. It makes me laugh so much. And uh, actually, we got actually, tiny people. Since I mentioned him, he actually does transi- transition well into the stamina kind of and performance side of things. Is that there's a video going around at the moment of him Ooh. occasionally when he does Rick, he gets drunk. Oh to my do god, it. that's hilarious! Um, and it's yeah, you don't again, you don't get that yeah. with big name people. No, absolutely, and I mean. Some people might be, oh, that's just an excuse, and it's extremely unprofessional. But hey, if you want a performance out of someone, it's like, uh, oh, I've forgotten the actor's name, Jaws, when they when he actually got drunk on set, and that whole take me, don't show me the way to go home. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was all him, blind drunk, mm. and he just carried on, and it shows because that's such a poignant scene where they're <laughs> it's calm before the storm, they're just having a drink, yeah. and yeah, so. If it gets the performance, hey, Absolutely. <laughs> Drink sensibly, though, people. We don't can advocate I, massive I, benders. Can I... Um, well, unless it's in Futurama. Yeah, 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 yeah um, yes. Can I just do a complete, yep. total tangent here? Yep. Go 90 degrees, just on Jaws. Again, there's nothing to do with the voice acting, but mm-hmm. this is very funny. Um, when we were at a rehearsal uh, midweek, um, I can't remember why, but your husband and I, someone mentioned Jaws. Oh, it was... Um, the boys who were performing yes, were in a boat yes. mm-hmm. um, and um, one of them was pretending to be fishing and I said, you're going to need a bigger boat mm. and Ian burst out laughing mm-hmm. and none of the boys knew why and oh, we, no. uh, we had to explain, oh, it's from Jaws, what's that? Oh, no. I mean, I mean to be fair, like, the oldest of these boys the, is 17, the uh, rest of them are... But the generation gap has never seemed so wide. <laughs> but uh, they were like, what's Jaws? So Ian and I explained in really bad layman terms oh. what Jaws was oh, no. so it was like, it's a film it's about a shark eats people and they're in a boat at one point and Ian was like and the shark jumps into the boat and starts eating the boat and the boys were like really? Was yeah it's great. and then <laughs> I was like, do you want to know how they stop the shark? how do they stop the shark? right well 
they blow it up. <laughs> How do they blow up the shark? Well, like, there's like a big, like. Sounds like, awful if that were pitched today. That I would know, be such a horrible Michael Bay boom, like, explosions and everywhere. They've got, uh, like, an uh, air canister and the shark eats it. And then guy shoots the shark and it blows up. And they were like, really? And Ian was like, and then there's a sequel. Shark comes back and he's not happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the boys were like, are you making this whole thing up? We're like, no, it was done by Steven Spielberg. They're going to have such a disappointment when they watch that. If they actually they'll be do going, watch oh, it. Oh, I thought he's getting more explosions. <laughs> <laughs> and the shark jumps in the boat. And that's it was funny. Like, anyway, we should probably get back to the yeah. actual topic at hand. Well, that's okay. No, I thought it'd be nice at this point for us to discuss, sort of like we said before, the performance that's actually involved so behind the scenes they're not just sitting or standing at a console chatting into the mic they are more often than not jumping up and down doing what they can if they have to be panting and out of context sometimes it is hilarious but to get that performance they will do whatever they have to so it's something i've always appreciated wanting to be that i keep saying that that fly in the wall that you know that idiom of being able to watch what what their performance was about like watching uh Oh, I think it was he was doing ADR, so additional dialogue recording. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman doing Wolverine. Okay. Was it either for the film or was for a video game? But watching him get into Wolverine mode and practically looking jacked up, Jackman up. Jackman up. So yeah, he basically is totally doing the flexing the muscles and running mm. and doing man- mental things to get the performance, which is what you like and it's what you need. Yeah. So, as I've mentioned before. Um, I think that Outlast is a perfect example of performance and standards of what must they be doing in that studio to get this performance. Yeah. Um, especially, I think it, obviously the first game and the DLC for the first game is better than the second game. However, go onto YouTube and listen to the dialogue. Some of it, again, out of context with the huffing and puffing and weird things. In Some of it is borderlining on bizarre sexual content and you think oh I don't know I, if I, I don't like know this. borderline is very much overt yeah so but regardless they listen to the characters and there's so many different there's sort of named characters like your Richard Traeger you've got you know the people who was a producer from or like an executive who yeah. actually decided to become a doctor when he went mad and cuts off your fingers in the first game he's mental and he's got this kind of hey buddy and he goes mental and screams at you and tries chasing you with these big scissors and then Eddie Gluskin voiced by Graham Cutthroatson who is amazing and uh, he also did work on Assassin's Creed but he's a perfect example of you listen to his like even his huffing and puffing is so Oh, I'm really uncomfortable just listening to this purely and I'm not seeing any image on the screen. Uh, but just the patience, like you'll get the scientists, the patients, the um the guards, especially in the thing in the DLC, but hearing their individual characters and some of the things like I mentioned, the death and taxes guy before, and they're very good at what they do and you think, I would just want to know how they got that performance. I want to see them. Yeah. I want to watch them. So Yes, going back to Eddie Gluskin, though, he is the perfect example of a character that the voice has made the character. And he he's all disfigured. Yes, at the start of the game, you see him and he's half naked. He's being dragged in and he escapes the grip of the guards and basically shouts at the chap on the gla- chapping on the glass before he gets dragged into the machine that ultimately is trying to create the wall rider with the nano machines. Uh-huh. He is uh, screaming at you to basically, you can help me, I know you can help me. He gets put in the machine and he gets all these horrible sores on his face. So he's not exactly, the, he's a looker in a in the video game sense because he's built 
hugely very very sort of jacked up individual and with sort of modern day boy haircut with the buzz sides and okay. uh yeah he's but except he's had a traumatic childhood and you hear all sorts of things with dreams and fantasies with lizards and all sorts of weird things that you're passing when you hear the ca- <laughs> that's just an example of the weird cameos you hear of what <laughs> if you just stand around and listen to the characters you're going oh if i just keep running because i'm terrified this is the benefit of going through the game so many times to achieve that amazing trophy of doing insanity mode is you hear some of the amazing voice performances that goes into it which i think is a shame if they if you miss it because you're just so terrified but listen to the things yeah. but then you get that behind the scenes but this character provided by graham cuthbertson is a perfect example of people who have almost created a a sort of cult following verging on fantasy and it's quite creepy i get where they're going with it because it's almost like that joker thing but this is a character who is a video game character, so he ain't real. Mm. But if he was real, you wouldn't be—you wouldn't want to go near him. No, he's a rapist. He's trying to mutilate the main character to turn him into a woman, and it's horrific. And has millions of bodies strung up of, in inverted commas, sort of failed experiments of men that have been changed into women because it's satisfying his need. And oh, there's all these fangirls like, oh, I love him, he's so good. and I'm going. This is an amazing performance because he's created this character with his lovely tones and he sings and he's creepy, but he's created this cult following. Mm. And it's like, wow, that's the mark of a true amazing character, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's, it's also, it's, you know, it's a little bit down to the writing, but it's it the writing can only be as good as, as good the as performance. The, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, you know, there are countless video game or animated characters out there who mm-hmm. would not be the same. Nope. If... And they wouldn't have the same impact whatsoever if they were voiced any other way. Nope, absolutely. Uh, top of the pick for me would be Harley Quinn. Yes. Um, Harley Quinn would not have the same fan base as she has whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wouldn't be as big in the comics because she yeah. came in the animated series first. She, she would not be as big as she is today. Nope. If it wasn't for Tara Strong, who made that character her own. Amazing, yeah, pretty um, amazing. To the point that there are people out there, myself included, I must add, who don't accept Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah. Because she's not I, Tara Strong. I must admit, yeah, she's she's just so special with that voice because mm. she's, she's got this hard edge to her, and but she's sort of a heart of gold and she's mad for the Joker. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's really sweet. And I think Bat- B- Batman the Animated Series is a perfect example of, like, obviously the writing's phenomenal, but the voice performances... Mm-hmm are they 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 they, they make the, the the performers make those characters their own they do to yeah. the point that there are millions of people out there mm-hmm. myself r- right included with them mm-hmm. that say the best batman and the best joker kevin conroy are and kevin conroy and mark yep. hamill absolutely hands absolutely. up to the to the point that i mean i'm i'm not this bad but you know obviously dc have their own animated films mm-hmm. Uh, kind of streaming out all the time and if it's not Kevin Conroy that's Batman mm-hmm. or if it's not Mark Hamill that's the Joker people get really peeved off yes and they sometimes have great people like John DiMaggio is the Joker the amazing in one His, of them yeah. um, Troy Baker's been both it's <laughs> and they, they do a good job they do um but people just but, get so stuck in a that's not my Joker, or it's like, it's like yeah. that with Doctor Who's, I suppose, in that way. You know, it's yeah. that it's not my Joker, it's not my Harley Quinn, it's not my Batman. So but, they get yeah, hung up on it. Mark, Mark Hamill is the best Joker, hands down. Uh, there, there are no arguments that can be had there, and I, 
like you say, if you I would say be, Troy Baker's almost like the young version of Mark Hamill's Joker. He, he he's very good at doing a Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but hey, chuck out Jared Leto and just have Troy Baker doing it in the film, please, because he would be an amazing live Joker. He would, and and uh, Troy Baker's a handsome guy as oh, well. He's, oh, gorgeous! Absolutely. Um, Talk about you know making the character and the voice. You know when people go, <laughs> wonder what they look like. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> that's um, not helping the fan fantasies anymore. <laughs> no, but, uh, you 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 mentioned you know if you could be a fly on the wall and see these people as they do it. Um, mm-hmm. And we, if you watch Mark videos of Mark Hamill oh. doing the Joker, you see that it is an entire performance. Oh, it it totally and is. The way he contorts and. Inhabits the character is mm-hmm. fantastic, especially when you consider mm-hmm. that all of these, all of this contortion, these gyrations, whatever, they're all just to get the voice right and to get mm-hmm. that insane, menacing, calculated joy across. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin Conroy, mm-hmm. to move on to Batman, mm-hmm. is. And I, mean, I remember when we did our Batman episode, uh, we asked who's your. We were asked who's your favorite Batman, and mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy is by far the best Batman. Oh, he is the best Batman, and it all comes down really to the way he plays both Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read an interview with him uh, some time ago, but I'm pretty sure he's said it in numerous interviews, mm-hmm. like uh, chatting with Kevin Smith on Fat Man and Batman. Yeah. Um, he has a brilliant approach mm-hmm. that no one else has had when they when they played Batman slash Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. which is. You know, delving more into the psychology behind the character, it's vocally showing mm-hmm. that Bruce Wayne is the put-on performance. Yes. Bruce Wayne is mm-hmm. fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The darker Batman character, that's what's real. Because yeah. this, is, this is a person who saw their parents murdered in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really is that dark, the dark destroyed side, yeah. person mm-hmm. who feels like a freak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and has to pretend to be this billionaire playboy mm-hmm. no and no one else has done that ben affleck's like maybe come close but no one else has really done it which is mm-hmm. why kevin conroy continues to be the best in terms of people's minds yes absolutely no that's brilliant absolutely agree with that because he's just so commanding as well with the role and his voice and he's yeah. just so it's it's confident but at the same time really dark and disturbed it and is i like fantastic. that and it's totally reminiscent of that whole they're two sides of the same coin the joker and batman which i mm-hmm. like so we yeah. always like that but no that's grand this is probably segueing nicely because we've kind of spoken about the power of the voice basically the next sort of wee while we'll just chat about sort of the power of a voice of one character and how this totally changes and impacts upon it like we mentioned the the writing only does so much but if the voice isn't right, like some people might argue, because I'm obviously a bit subjective because I've just finished it and <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. But Andromeda, the writing may be argued that it's not that great or it's not as great mm-hmm. as the you know original trilogy. That's, and I get fair. that. That's fair. But you do get ama- amazing performances, even if the writing is a bit meh, touch and go. But to kind of harken back for me, certainly before we go on to my new sort of bow and crush, <laughs> the, um, the amazing Brandon Keener, who voices... The, vo- the voice of, uh, sorry, voice is the voice? voice he voices the character of Garrus Vakarian, the all-round Turian bad boy, dispenser of justice in an unjust galaxy who kills reapers on the side. He's amazing. And he's just fab and such a a confident character, but yet so vulnerable in places. And I mm. really like that. And of course, he's got the, the two-toned alien approach, uh, you know, with his voice, the modulation, because the Turians have that modulation added to their voice later. But he has such a beautiful 
commanding presence. So him watching him as your lad, as your friend, and try and watching him get really upset when he hears tries to get you to do a side quest with the Cerberus doing the experiments on some people and he makes you want to go on that side quest. Yeah. And I was so, I must admit, I said this to Johnny when I first played Mass Effect and I got on the Mass Effect train way, way late. And it was, I'm sure Mass Effect 3 had just dropped. So, I mean, I was very much, the, yeah, that this sounds about? about right. Yeah. yeah, and so I was very late to the party and but I still didn't affect my enjoyment of it at all, even with the patched on ending. And I didn't, you know, for the, of the third one. But when I played the first one, I went, oh, you can't romance Garrus? That's a shame. That's a bit xenophobic you know <laughs> I was really I just really gutted because um, he had such a great character a great voice and um, him trying to nearly shoot through the doctor when you first not first meet him but you first help him out and he's trying to get hold of this character you know he wants to see Saren stopped yeah and uh, basically he tries to go he's, he's a almost good boy, good boy gone bad but at the same time he's not that bad because mm-hmm. by the time you see him in Mass Effect 2 he's escaped CSEC so effectively for those of you who don't know what that is it's basically like the police force the of the police, Citadel yeah. really and they have such corruption in their own system in a way but they, they have such borders that he can't actually break those boundaries and mm. do the investigations he needs to do like a Spectre like Shepard and has that freedom to travel and do what they like to take down the person they need to so him almost becoming this mercenary character. When you f- oh, when I first met him on Omega, I was so excited. I was like, it's Garrus, yeah! I was so excited, because obviously I didn't put two and two together, stupidly. Turian Sniper, who's that going to be? Mm. Mm-hmm. Garrus. Um, but he's just so self-assured and confident, but when he goes after you, help him on the loyalty mission, go after Sedonis, who killed the rest of his crew, the vulnerability in his voice when he gets angry and isn't able to calm himself down and practically snapping necks of people and you're kind of stopping them to go, wait... Do you really want to kill Sedonis? What are you doing? And of course, I was the good shepherd and got him to stop and see the light. And he was very angry, at the, or not angry, but just quite at the time. Oh, well, just go. Just tell him to go. And I don't know if this was the right decision, but then you bring him around. So his sort of development as well, when you finally get to sort of creating a relationship. Yeah, is, romantic. It's so almost awkward but it's so sweet and it's it's not uncomfortable awkward it's very he's unsure of himself and it's an area he's not comfortable in and I really like that and then of mm. course his Turian Tango is fabulous because he's so <laughs> they go on a first date and it's all he's trying to be sexy and funny and it's very very good and then of course uh, because Shepard is so awkward with her dancing this is an area where he can be confident in and I think oh it's really cute back and forth so I love Garrus we love Garrus we do love Garrus yes. he is he, yeah no it's it's the Again, another example of, yeah, the writing's great, but it's the voice that makes it. Yes, And Brandon Keener's performance is stunning. Mm-hmm. He's amazing in lots of other things as well, but he's just, he's like, oh my God, I love your work. <laughs> but he's great. But to kind of, I know I said, I'm sure in one of the other recordings that I thought Jal from Mass Effect Andromeda was almost like the new Garrus. Mm. In terms of your romantic choice, he he was my Garrus, but uh, no, he he's almost like, to me, a mix between Thane and Javik, yep. the Prothean. Yeah, totally get that. Because he's got that dry, quippy sense of humour, but he's really funny and vulnerable at times, but yeah, voiced by an am- amazing performance by Naisha Hatendi. Um, so he's this, obviously, and Garen, 
the new species and that's what makes him so interesting i was initially going to romance vetra told you this before i'm mm-hmm. sure and then he walked down those stairs in aya the their planet that they live on and it was like oh all bets are off sorry <laughs> <laughs> that voice is just incredible and it's another example of his voice has some artificial tone to it because they do it change it in post to have that two-toned approach but i really like his voice because he's got a very deep soft-spoken almost it's almost a mix between sort of South African, Nigerian sort of. It's a very interesting accent because it's yeah. very alien, but at the same time, it's so commanding and fat. I love it. It's fab, and um, but yeah, I think that performance is amazing and so many ups and downs. And when he becomes very vulnerable and romantic, it's very sweet. And of course, I was oh, that's so amazing. I love this. Sorry, Garris, move over. Um, but his performance is a, an example of maybe the writing wasn't as great but at the same time it was amazing and his, his performance makes up for it yeah absolutely because he actually he goes beyond and he actually creates this character who you understand why um i was going to call her shepherd no rider would fall in love with him because it's that rider rider <laughs> he just has this amazing way of un- listening to his banter on the nomad and the tempest if you ever go on go on youtube if you've ever played the game and you have time to roll around that's fine but they are there on youtube him asking questions because he's generally interested and the, in Angara- the other species yes and the angara are very open and free with their feelings and that's just their culture and the way they are <laughs> him asking liam about the unspecific erogenous zones is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and uh, him getting to grips with idioms and everything is very very good he's just a very good all-round character so i do like i do like jal and it's um i think it's something that bioware do so well as game developers is and and, and the performers that they they hire is Mm -hmm. they create characters Mm -hmm. that regardless of a game's Mm -hmm. quality or flaws yeah they stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yep. Garrus and Jal from Mass Effect, um, Morrigan and Leliana, mm-hmm. um, in and Varric. Oh my God, Varric in Dragon Age. <laughs> um, and these are characters that, even if they were in lesser games, mm-hmm. the performers make them so well-rounded, lifelike. Yep. Very human. Very human. Which and is ironic because we're speaking about aliens well, earlier. So. <laughs> and they gain such a cult following. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, to me as well, you get games like obviously two different performances from, and I can never remember the other actress's name, but Keely Hawes certainly as Tomb Raider, as um, uh, Lara Croft in Tomb Raider in Legend uh, mm. and Anniversary. And she did Underworld, which I call it Trundle, Trundle Underworld. <laughs> um, but her performance as Lara is great because she's not this is when she finally got a proper voice it wasn't just cut scenes every now and then that didn't really add too much to the character she was still a badass almost invincible no repercussions on her own idea of what she's doing like shooting people and dogs and all sorts which always upset me and why am i shooting this dog oh that's horrible because it's chasing (laughs) you in venice i know yeah that's the one that turns the corner in venice and it's like oh there's a dog biting my ankle oh there's one thing i know what am i gonna do so and then killing tigers that are endangered species that's also fun lara well done um but no keely hawes kind of lended this amazing performance and made this character that you wanted to know more about and the backstory and all that but then the most recent tomb raider and i can never remember her name uh who played <laughs> princess catherine in 
<laughs> in this sort of biopic almost film where it was the growing relationship between Kate and Wills and it's a horrific oh, really? rom-com sort of thing where it's oh who's that girl and it's her in the fashion show with the mm. near naked dress and it's like oh my god this is cringeworthy but she's Kate in that effectively so I didn't know but her performance in that as a vulnerable character it's great mm. I like that not as good as Keely because Keely was sort of the oh no she's the definitive Tomb Raider because she's commanding and fabulous and self-assertive but vulnerable at times but <laughs> I love zero punctuations um, I think it was for Rise of the Tomb Raider maybe for the for the reboot reboot mm-hmm, as it were yeah. um, she ended up doing the sort of exposition herself in terms of like I need to get to the to the radio tower I need to get to him over there and it's like for god's sake Lara I just love his his impression of her with the breathy like she needs her inhaler yeah but when she's running and jumping for miles and miles and all of a sudden it's this you know no problem there but then I need to get to the radio tower so that's her performance but uh no it was better in the first one like not the reboot sequel (laughs) but yes Going back to my my boy, my Jal, going back to the, the sort of highlights, I must admit, oh my god, him screaming, Ryder, no! When you're in the Nomad. Ryder, no! And you're and it's on H, I had to write this down, H047C, the the crater Sounds planet. Sounds about the, right. But yeah, if you, if you steer near a, cr- a cliff edge or you jump over, he screams. And then sometimes he does this amazing belly laugh because, and same with Vetra and all these other characters are like, woo, like they're riding a roller coaster, which I mm. like. But um, <laughs> there was another one where you're walking around the Tempest and you hear the characters discussing amongst themselves Chatting, and yeah. <laughs> listening to Vetra and Jal being so upset with Korra. Vetra not so much because obviously she's been introduced to the human culture and knows about it but all you've, you've realised slowly they're talking about snakes and ladders. His disgust at you humans drop your children in with with snakes at such a young age. Oh my god. And then basically Vetra with her. But you know since when do ladders only go up one you know go up one way. Ladders are both ways. You know come on. And But it was just the, this I'm such a reckless and horrific game and it's so funny. So I do I do like little moments like that Mm. and those characters themselves they do create a sense of ah this is this is a realized person yeah human they told to make it 3d but yes so any other standout performances either in video games wherever that you think oh off the top of your head i don't know like like classic timeless performances yeah Things that stick with you. One, one. I mean, some that I've already said. Um, you know, because Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, they took their performances from the animated series. Yes. To the Arkham games. Yes, indeed. Um, as the Tara Strong, she took Harley Quinn to the Arkham games as well. Um, mm-hmm. Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Nolan North. Uh, you know, Nathan Drake is one of my favorite video game characters, despite how awful he is. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> mostly down to the swagger of yes. Nolan North's Nolan North's performance. Indeed. Um, you know, I think a, a big one that I'm surprised we've not mentioned yet is Mel Blanc. Uh, yes, absolutely. I must admit, he is amazing. Because we mentioned him before in one of those episodes ages ago, before we... Uh, no, no, the one, after we started back up. But, yeah, we spoke about Mel Blanc as a performer himself, and he's just with Kale the Web. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Lo- <laughs> What's up, we're talking things? Mel Blanc is a god mm. of voice actors um well he inspired folk like billy west yeah you know and he was looney tunes mm-hmm. 
Um, Bugs Bunny, Speedy Gonzalez, Foghorn Leghorn, Sylvester and Tweety, Porky Pig, uh, Daffy, Pepe Le Pew, Marvin the Martian. Mm-hmm. Most episodes are just him, him talking to himself for 10 minutes. Yep, absolutely. Um, and it, 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 it's funny, like, you know, we've we've mentioned how, how, how much we appreciate these performers and what they bring to their characters, but it does tend to be mm-hmm. animated characters or video games less so films that mm-hmm. you and i get our mild form of threats from yes that we would just quote things absolutely um, absolutely and it doesn't tend to be filmed no well apart from trading places but still no. um, <laughs> well it's things like even performances where people might not even know the films like obviously i know we like anastasia and uh, thumbelina of the don bluth films yeah. animated films which obviously Anastasia is getting many accolades in, on the Broadway circuit because of it becoming the new Broadway musical, um, among others. But uh, certainly with uh, like Hoppity Goes to Town, which is also like Mr. Bugs something, I can't remember, there's a, there's an American title, okay. but Hoppity Goes to Town was full of performances that we just quoted and quoted. And we've, we've caught them on tape of us doing sort of, I thought that's what he said, boss, you know, and doing the voices, yeah, just tra- doing, doing, the, just doing a skit. To, in this, a way. to this day, I still quote Roger Rabbit. Yes. Please, Eddie. The script calls for stars, not bird stars. I love that. You've got the likes of Tom Hanks, yes. Tim Allen, and Joan Cusack yes. in Toy Story all stand out. Absolutely. And oh then you also, obviously, you know, there's many more, like John Ratson, Zabig Gerger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as, I'll as i be honest, one a recent one that occurred to me uh, hit earlier on today, as much as I semi-railed against celebrities doing, yes. being cast in things like the Lego movie, yes. Liam Neeson's Bad oh. Cop, Good Cop, Hi, is hi, buddy. So well done. <laughs> so cute. And I there, love there's him. a video of him doing it as well. I know. And then it's too bad. And then, the, oh, hi there. How you doing? You're right, buddy. It's but just so cute. Then at the same time, you know, to be fair, Liam Neeson did get practice voice acting as mm-hmm. your daddy in Fallout Three. I know he did. And he was good in that. He was good. Um, he was in it for five minutes, like Patrick Stewart, and oh, then yeah. off he goes, and yeah. then in oblivion. Um. I should also say what's just occurred to me, and I don't know why I didn't think of this while I was preparing for this episode, mm-hmm. David Hayter. Oh, absolutely. Yes. David Hayter, obviously the voice of Solid Snake yep. in Metal Gear Solid. Amazing. Also, a perfect example mm-hmm. of a big name coming in and not being anywhere near as good. Mm-hmm. And... I'm sorry, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I love and respect you, and please don't come and kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Hayter's rugged voice mm. is... Syn- He's practically ruined it because his it, own voice because of doing yeah. Solid Snake and over he, and over. He is synonymous with video gaming pleasure mm-hmm. and history for mm-hmm. me. And may, he made Metal Solid what it was. with yeah. his, his, He's gruff, he's determined, but he's also compassionate. Mm-hmm. And he is a total well-rounded mm-hmm. realized character um some people call me snake <laughs> it's all that things and he, and, and even if he never returns to yeah. the series no he's great which, which he won't and that's sad, sad. It, it, he will live on mm-hmm. that is his thing that character will always yep as much as Kiefer Sutherland technically is a different snake but mm-hmm. <laughs> it David Hayter will his performance will live yep, on. Absolutely. And I think 
I've totally the name escapes me and again it just it occurs to me now so I don't have the name down in front of me which is awful I do apologize voice of Raiden <laughs> but it occurs to me the voice of Raiden has done so many characters but Kai Leng your nemesis sort of ninja nemesis in Mass Effect 3 he does the same voice no he doesn't is it not him Kai Leng is Troy Baker is it Troy Baker I, I oh meant, you did say I oh my god on. oh my god who was it then who was it? Oh, I have it. I have it in my head that he is a. You have to look that up for me, Jake. But um, no, I must admit. You keep talking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, in the Metal Gear Solid series as well, you've got your characters like we mentioned also a lot. And to me, Metal Gear Solid is not the first game in the series, but it was the first game that we were introduced to in the PS One. Um, Metal Gear Solid um, was stunning when it came to sort of that innovation with gameplay but also with uh, things like your characters like Sniper Wolf and yeah. uh, Vulcan Raven and who else was they? like Otacon and oh they're just all fabulous yeah Quentin Flynn that's his name I honestly couldn't remember it. he is it's a Final Fantasy he's character cur- he's currently the voice of Sonic in Sonic the Hedgehog oh who oh who was he again in that um, oh I've totally forgotten but he was in Oh, it was it was up. I think he ca- ca- oh, it begins with a K, and oh, it's he's in um, Final Fantasy X, but he's done so many different characters. Um, but he also did the voice of Axel. That was it in Final uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> that begins with okay. a K, so I got that. And oh, he's the voice of Kolyat. Kolyat, that's Effect. it. That's the one. I knew it was a character that was quiet and like an assassin, but not. Oh, uh, yeah, there we go. So uh, there you go. We got there. Oh my god! Sorry, Thank that you, was Wikipedia. an ordeal. You, sorry, <laughs> I was going to say viewers, but listeners, that was an ordeal. Um, but no, for me, going back to uh, like films and timeless performances, you basically mentioned obviously um, Pixar, but Disney, obviously. Disney are a big one. To me, there are so many voice actors that have created so many different performers for performers performances, um, and they each bring something new to the different characters. So, like Phil Harris, who plays the voice of Blue, because of this amazing scat voice. Same with Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat, and Little John. Mm. Effectively, Blue and Little John are almost the same character because they're big bears, but he brings such a warmth and a fabulous, almost flirtatiousness to their characters. Very playful. Very good. Um, Eleanor Audley, who plays the voice of Lady Tremaine, so obviously the wicked stepmother in Cinderella, mm-hmm. is also Maleficent. And she is oh. that similar horrible tone and very, you know, she's just stunning and that she has this amazing, scary villain, very gentle presence before she turns into the scary dragon. But her, well, 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 before she kind of sets the curse on the baby yeah. Aurora but she's amazing and Vernon Felton who's the fairy godmother and the fairy fauna Flora sorry okay. the red fairy um, yeah. or make it pink as opposed to make it blue that's her so um, and Sterling Holloway he's a perfect example he does the voice of Winnie the Pooh Ka Cheshire Cat Mr. Stork in Dumbo. He's also, I didn't realise this, the adult flower, i.e. the skunk in Bambi. Oh, so when nice. it's not going to happen to me when they're seeing them all fall in love with all the characters, mm. the other, the girl versions of their characters. And I think it's lovely. Um, but his voice is so particularly, you know, it's just this amazing kind of gentle voice. And yet you know it's him, but it's so different in each mm. sense of the character. But... Oh, bit of trivia, I just remembered. Uh, Lucille Laverne. So this is a lady who was born, when I saw her photo, because I was looking up and things preparing for the episode, she was born in 1872, 
And you think, that's a whole lot of years ago. That's not, it, it's not too short a time, no. <laughs> yeah, and so she, you look at her photos and it's proper nostalgia sepia photos mm. of her in this beautiful, almost Victorian vibe, Edwardian almost because of the era she was born in. But she played the Wicked Queen in Snow White. And when she, she actually, she was in the era where, era where if there was an issue with your teeth, they would just remove them all. Yeah. So she had false teeth. And she was slightly towards, you know, the older side, sort of end of her life when she had this job, this acting job of being the, the Wicked Queen. But she has this beautiful character and she brings such a great voice to it. But she played the voice of the Wicked Hag as well. And okay. she actually took out her false teeth to get that performance nice. so that's a perfect well, you, example of got. do what you need to do so I just thought that's such a good bit of trivia me and my useless Disney trivia <laughs> um, but yes so have you got any other timeless performances before I, I, I have a challenge for you there's a challenge there's a challenge I don't like challenges there's a surprise <laughs> um, no I mean it's, I think I've talked through most of the ones I had thought of mm-hmm. before um, you know he has a say characters that if, if if it wasn't for the performers behind them, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be the same. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably just this episode has just been us gushing about how oh they're amazing. We don't probably we're not able to offer technical advice really. But oh yeah, yeah. But we don't we don't know like what they do, why they why they why they why they're amazing. Yeah, they just are amazing. So yeah, we just like to gush. <laughs> so that's grand. So my surprise for you, Johnny, if you're up for this challenge, is as we love voices so okay. much. I want you. I've got a few names down here to do your best impressions of these characters. Oh, this can only go well. <laughs> as quickly as you can. So this just just terrifying. a sentence or two, or like a, a word. So I'm going to name them. Oh, my God. So go. Zap Brannigan. <laughs> uh, I'm not a coinacer. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> think, of, think of something else. Think of go on. Um, I'll give you some time because I sprung, I, I sprung it on you. Zap Brannigan. There you go. That's the reset, isn't it? Zap Brannigan. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. No, sorry, sorry, don't me. Oh, bother. Oh, cute. <laughs> Donkey from Shrek. Uh, oh, my, oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Just think, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I, I don't know anything he says. Trading places, but Eddie Murphy in trading places. <laughs> in the morning. It was meant to. It was meant to. <laughs> think about, I'm making waffles. I'm making waffles. There you go. Oh, my God. This is so... Jora Mormont. I know he's not a character, but he's, you oh, know, in a video uh, game oh. or anything. Kalishi. <laughs> Hello, Khaleesi. <laughs> now this is going to be fun. Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Hiya! <laughs> I, 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 I'm not very good at Tara Strong. And of course, this could be your choice. The Joker of your choice. Hello, Bats. I'm the Joker. <laughs> that was actually very good. Was, again, it took it you a while good. to get back into it, though, but that was good. Yeah, that, that was good. That was that was really difficult. I know. I thought I'm going to challenge Johnny. <laughs> well, as it happens, I actually have a challenge for you, though mine is far less fun. Oh my god! <laughs> um, in advance of this episode, I which is interesting because I know you know obviously voice actors all went on strike a few years ago and yes, a um, few years ago it was last year. Well, it was some time ago because <laughs> um, we spoke about it. On and What's I thought the you know they obviously get paid very little the vast majority of them and the hours they have to spend yeah totally. doing the things that they do is horrific so i looked up the top 10 as of 2017 oh my god top 10 highest paid voice actors in the world oh my god and 
every single one of them, aside from one, they're all anime. They're all anime. None of them were video game people. Okay, okay. Um, aside from one, all of them came from three shows. Oh wow! And I want you to guess what. First of all, what those three shows are. Simpsons. That takes care of six of the top ten. Oh my god! Including Hank Azaria, Hank Azaria. Nancy Cart. Cartwright, Dan Castellaneta. Dan Castellaneta, Harry Shearer, Yardley Smith. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's insane. Um, Who? Um, so you've you've got. Well, uh, the, the, we'll take out number four for now. Yes. One to three mm-hmm. come from dif- from between two different shows. Okay. Adventure Time. No. Futurama. It's no, no lump that in with, with, uh, Simpsons. with Simpsons. Um, wouldn't be Rick and Morty, would it? No, um, unfortunately not. Give uh, it a few years. Oh, uh, Family Guy. Family Guy. Seth MacFarlane is third. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Is it an adult show? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm trying to actually think. Uh, Do we just tell you? No. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Go on. Just the see, if, see if number one and two. I'm assuming there must be joint. Mm-hmm. Um. Highest paid and richest voice actors in the world mm-hmm. are Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Oh, amazing! So far, yay! Interestingly, yeah. though, number four on the list—I mm-hmm. I can't, I didn't actually write down his, his name because I'm an idiot—but the guy behind Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Oh, um, oh my God! Oh, Mum's gonna kill us. He is. Ri- uh. He is richer than. Oh, what the heck is half his of name? the Simpsons people. Well, all the Simpsons people. Oh, I had it, but it's gone. Oh. It's gone again. It doesn't matter. I, it doesn't oh, matter. I do know. It I do know. But, oh. That that guy yeah. is number four in the world. That's amazing. Which oh I, I really did not expect. Yes, Bobby. I got to get that propane. Yep. <laughs> I just love yeah, him. That was good. That was good. Oh, that that he's got that kind of name where it's like it's there but it's gone. <laughs> it's like Dan something or something like oh, that. I have no mm, idea. Anyway, it will come to us after we've long yeah, finished this episode. It will come episode. to us in an hour. But yes, so that was a good challenge. Okay. Well, so is is that us? That for is this all week? us for this well, week. Um, what do we have any kind of conclusion? Not really. Just I thought it would be quite fun to see us have a try and see if we could surprise you doing a challenge. I didn't expect you to give me one. No. That was quite exciting. So I think the conclusion of the episode is leave it to voice the voice actors are great. Leave it yeah, to the le- professionals. Totally leave it to the professionals. <laughs> OMG, totally. Mm-hmm. I said, oh my, OMG. That's when you know it's time to come to an end. Yes. Um, anyway, thank you for listening to us ramble on once again. And my terrible impressions. Thanks for that, Katie. <laughs> um, a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. Katie and I won't be back into the studio for another two weeks, uh, giving us plenty of time to prepare for our marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I mention we're doing a 24-hour gaming marathon for charity <laughs> for Macmillan Cancer Support? I don't know if I did. <laughs> did I? Oh, I, I might know. have done. I have done now, at least. <laughs> um, anyway, don't worry, because when we return in a few weeks' time, it will be following that epic feat. Mm-hmm. It'll also be our blockbuster 30th episode. Whee! So who knows what could happen? Yes. Probably nothing. Don't get your hopes up. Mm. In the meantime, don't let yourself get down. Go download and listen to the last 28 episodes of Pop Culture Banality. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will see you all on the other side. Well, you'll hear from us. Yes. <laughs> For now, I've been Johnny Milne. I've been Katie Baxter. Chat to you later.
will inherit the earth.